Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Welcome to Built On Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. Today we're joined by Mike San Marzano to give us an inside look at AirConnects, a comprehensive tool adding unique features heretofore unavailable with Airtable alone. The ability to create beautiful websites run on a single Airtable base. While Mike is still finalizing AirConnects, the final product will create beautiful front-end websites via an easy-to-use interface for anything from directories to eShops. Mike talks about the development process and the challenges he faced when creating something like AirConnects. We get a demo of AirConnects in its current form, and while some features are still in the works, Mike extends an invitation to join the open beta to anyone who'd like to build their own Airtable-run website today. Good evening. Good evening. (laughs) Nice to be with you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I have a couple of questions. I was reading um, your bio, and it seems like you've just kind of been all over the place, not just in terms of your trajectory, in terms of career, but also in terms of country. Um, So you are an Australian, but currently in Poland, right? That is correct, yeah. Let's hear your story, how that happened. So, you know, like a lot of Australians, I would save up my money all year and then when it kind of hit winter there like even though winter in australia is kind of mild there's not a lot to do you know it doesn't get to like skiing or snow or anything like that so it's super boring so i would i would skip over to europe and you know spend as long as i could kind of backpacking around or doing that and um that's kind of what inspired me to want to get into the web space a bit more than what I was doing before, which was like an office, pure office job. So um, it was kind of the catalyst, you know, I didn't want to come to Poland specifically, but I wanted the freedom to travel around a bit. And then, you know, the irony of ironies is that by the time I had worked myself up to get that freedom and I came over to Europe within, I think, two months I met uh, the girl who I'm now married to and we've got a kid. So, you know, it's like I worked all of this time to get freedom and then I got myself anchored immediately. But I don't regret any of it, you know, but um, I mean, in terms of like Poland, for me, it wasn't the specific destination. It's just it's just where I ended up and I'm enjoying it. That's cool. And all just to get away from a boring winter. Um... (laughs) Exactly. I'm in Los Angeles and it's like 70 degrees all the time. Pretty same. Um, so once you were able to kind of realize this is now going to be my home, what was it like trying to, you know, establish some roots and kind of engage in a country that you, I assume, either haven't been to before or had only visited in a vacation standpoint? Yeah. So, you know, at, at the time when I, met my future wife i had actually committed already to living in berlin you know as as a foreigner going to europe i just kind of looked at the map and and picked where i wanted to stay based on my previous experiences it it kind of depends on where you are but my experiences in in poland as like being a foreigner in poland are totally different to like berlin where there's a lot of foreigners like in the city where i am now nobody's heard of it you know, it's, it's quite a major city in Poland, but it's got 
maybe a bit of a branding issue because the name is super hard to pronounce, but um, there's not a lot of tourists, like Western tourists, and there's not a lot of Westerners generally, although it is super like friendly and open. And there's a lot of like tech businesses here and so on. But in terms of like settling in, I, ca I can't honestly say that I have. Like I have never really, um, you know, as much as I would like to, I never really had the, I guess, the motivation to properly learn the language, to properly, and, you know, not learning the language then makes it impossible to really engage with day-to-day -day life. So I live in this kind of tech bubble where, um, you know, I'm always on Zoom. I'm always speaking to people in Australia and America where I have relatives as well. And, you know, kind of just my wife speaks English. So it's like, I can't really comment on what it's like to acclimatize because I haven't really, and I do feel a little bit guilty for that. Like my wife's parents don't speak English. So we, we have this kind of, you know, I, I always feel like a bit of a dummy in the room that, um, that I can't speak Polish. That being said, it's a super difficult language. And like the, the time commitment to learn it would be like, well, I've got a choice of, you know, I can learn like, javascript or i can learn to speak polish and one of them is super useful and one of them is like nice to have but it's a massive investment of um of time at my age you know like i'm an old dog i don't i don't even know if i can really learn the language my brain has like lost the elasticity to to pick it up if you can learn JavaScript, you can learn Polish. Now, I say that as someone who doesn't speak Polish, so don't quote me. <laughs> but um, so let's talk a little bit about your tech bubble and um, why you know JavaScript. Well, JavaScript was an example that I could learn JavaScript, but I, I haven't. So ah. PHP I can do, but uh, JavaScript, I, I have an assistant for that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I started in PHP too, and it's, you know, it was a, a bit easier to understand than JavaScript, in my opinion, so. Yeah, it's a bit more kind of mechanical. You know, I can, I can wrap my head around it, but uh, yeah. So um, what exactly do you do? I know what we're going to be shown later on in the episode, but I kind of want to get to how you were able to build what you were able to build. Okay, so... You know, like so many things, it all ties together. Like it all, it all ties together in the end. When I started my career, you know, and, and generally I would have to describe broadly what I do as like, I just kind of try to make technology work. And that's always been at the basis of whatever my job is in whatever industry, in whatever country, it's always just been around kind of making technology work. And so I started off like in an architecture company doing the drawings, like I was a draftsman. And um, what happened was the, the software was super complicated and, and it was taking a long time to do things. So me as the youngest guy in the company, like they just kind of looked to me to, for help. And then I started to write some scripts and, and build some tools and, from that point on, I just kind of fell in love with the process of like building tools that do work. I think it kind of ties into my nature because I'm also super, super lazy. So like if I can find a way that 
my passion for being lazy translates into motivation to do work. That was like the key to bringing myself out of my ongoing lethargy. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah this there's, kind a, of- there's a phrase and I'm sure I'll butcher it. That's basically like, um, if you want to get a job done efficiently, pick the laziest person, you know, uh, because they're going to find a way to do it in the way that takes the least amount of effort. And, you know, while it may seem like building your own tool is this great big Herculean task, and it very well might be, at the end of the day, you only have to build it once, usually. And, you know, you can use it in the future and make your life a whole lot easier. And I completely understand how. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So, um, in terms of what I do, it's it's a broad question. That's the overall answer. But what I do, like what I did previously to Airconnex was, you know, I was building affiliate marketing websites. So I would pick a, a industry or a product or a brand that I could, I felt like I could kind of ethically promote. And then I would try to figure out the easiest way to make money doing that. And Um, that kind of led me down the path of, okay, so what do I build the websites with? Uh, What's the process for doing that? And um, what I found was like, I was never finishing my projects properly. Like I had a few successful ones and I kind of just rode off of them and they paid the bills while I just spent all of my time trying to figure out how to build the websites but faster and easier. And like I would build them and then I wouldn't really like launch them properly or advertise them or do anything. I would just kind of build them and then think, ah, that wasn't as good as it should have been. Like I can do the next one faster or I can do the next one better. And I just kind of kept repeating it and repeating it. And um, eventually I found Airtable and that kind of was a eureka moment that I thought, oh, well, I can use Airtable to enhance this process even more because I was building these affiliate sites using data feeds. So data feeds of products again, because I'm lazy, I didn't want to go like with a blog where I had to put a lot of effort into a single product. I was like, ah, look, I can get like 10,000 product data feeds and like hire uh, 10,000 writers to write 100 words each. And, you know, it, it was like this, really horizontal, like broad horizontal approach as opposed to like putting a lot of work into one vertical. I was just kind of doing these scattershot um, websites and it was hugely like data intensive. And, you know, I was having to go into the database and figure out like, ah, I have to import this CSV file into a SQL database and the PHP max upload is five megabytes and this thing's 200. So, I was having to like hire systems administrators. And when I saw Airtable, I was just, it was love at first sight. You know, I thought, oh, I have to figure out how to leverage this into my workflow. And um, I did that for about two years. I was just using Airtable as a kind of shortcut in building my own projects. And then about a year ago, I thought, oh, I I could probably turn this into a product that other people can use. And so that's the, um, that's the path that has led me here, but um, it's proving to be a way more massive 
projects to turn my system into something that anyone can use. I have to kind of build a whole bunch of like framework in between the complexity of allowing it to be a powerful tool and the simplicity of letting people jump on and begin using it without a whole like university course worth of teaching. So it's a new set of challenges. I'm sure it is. I have my own little side projects and usually my process is like, I'll build it based on a particular base that I've set up and get my project. It's usually a script or an app to work. And then I'm like, great. Now I have to customize it so that it works for not just my base, but what if someone has a slightly different arrangement and trying to think as though I'm not myself is one of the hardest parts. And so I imagine it's the same for you because you have created something with a much wider appeal. So there's much wider circumstances that you must consider for it to be um, usable and user-friendly. Yeah. And that's something that I'm kind of wondering if I shouldn't have just stuck with the, the simpler project, you know, but um, it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, you really, you do these things and, and they're kind of, um, you know, as, as individuals, as, as people who don't have a whole team or a whole comp- company behind us, we really have to like switch hats a lot. And it's really hard to be, you know, good at, like, you can't really be good at everything. Like some things, especially like UI and UX, I find so difficult and, you know, you've been staring at it for so long. You understand everything about it. You can't even begin to comprehend what it's like for somebody who's seeing this for the first time. It's really, yeah, it's, it's like the most challenging part of, of building tools. I think it's like managing, um, managing users. Yeah. Managing people. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the, the challenge, but it's also like, it's one of the beauties of, of being like a one man show or a kind of bootstrapped little enterprise is that you get to put on a different hat. Like sometimes you're dying to take off the hat that you have. Like I, I can't wait to kind of finish fixing bugs in code and, and just get straight into like proper marketing. Like just it's, it's kind of done and I can just try and build it, uh, build it now as a product rather than as this, thousands of lines of code that I'm totally sick of looking at. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm sure. Um, But light at the end of the tunnel. Let's discuss um, Air Connects a little bit before we jump in and see what it is and how it works. Um, Okay. So, I mean, in in theory, what Air Connects was built to do is to let um, people like me, you know, I hope most Airtable users can find some purpose for like publishing their Airtable data on the web. Um, And then not just publishing it, but like building interactions from the web end to the database. So it's like in its essence, what it's supposed to be is a database for a website, like taking Airtable and allowing it to become a, like a relational database um, that mimics the structure of, what you would have at the back end of, a, of any website. And it does that quite well, but the complexity is, um, has been, you know, a lot of like just translating Airtable's 
data and the way that Airtable do things um, into the web space. And obviously the presentation layout is different. Um, spreadsheets don't lend themselves very well to web pages. You have considerations like loading times and, and query sizes and that type of thing. But um, in essence, and I, I mean, what I'll show in the, in the kind of show and tell will be that you should be able to take an idea that you have and build a database or a, a workflow with it in Airtable and then take that same workflow and make it public, but in a controlled way to create like a web application that can do more than a website can do it. It can be much more dynamic because you control the database and you can interact with the data directly through Airtable. That I guess is the key difference. And the, um, well, the reason that I've pursued this is because I don't see a lot of solutions right now that not only let you build your website, but also let you build your database the way that you need it to be. And the database is like the foundation of the website. It's the foundation of everything really is the, the structure of your database. So it's like, you can't really build a building that you need without being able to control the foundations. And it's the same with every structure. The foundation is really the most important element. I so would have, have to agree. As someone, I work in an architecture firm and we would like our buildings to you know, remain standing up. Um, so why don't we just hop in and take a look? So this is kind of an example of a project. Um, so what you're seeing right now is the homepage, obviously, of a website. And this website is entirely built on top of Airtable data. So going back to what I was explaining before about like I, what this tool is for, it's really like an end-to-end -to -end tool. So I've got here a little diagram of how I usually do my projects. So of course, I'll be lying on the couch or what, what have you and have an idea and just begin to map it out on paper. So I'll write it down. Now I'll come to some kind of diagram software and refine it a little bit more, you know, get the process figured out. So in this example, I've got like, I want to make a website where a client can sign up. Um, then they can like create a project. Once they've created a project, uh, we'll have an automation run. So that can be done from Airtable again. So Airtable detects that the client has added a record to a base and then it can send an email to uh, you like records in another base or in another table rather. Um, and then, so th these people will get a notification and they will go and log in and then they will complete a writing task. So this is like a content management system, but with interactions. Um, so once I've kind of planned it out on paper, I'll do a little diagram and focus on just understanding the workflows in my head, what pages need to be created and who's going to be using them. And then I jump over into Airtable and then I can import that data into AirConnect. So the process kind of goes planning and then the database and the, the workflow in the database. So I'll build it all in Airtable and then I can connect these tables and import the data and synchronize it with the AirConnect system. 
So a little demo of how it works. The client would visit the website and then the homepage of course is fairly straightforward. A lot of web page builders can, can do that. That's no problem. Um, then what we've got here is like a, a page with a login, uh, a login challenge. What this is doing is it's saying um, that people need to obviously log in in order to see the contents of the page and all of the accounts that are able to log in are again stored in Airtable. So the clients can either sign themselves up or after they've signed themselves up, they can then log in. So I'm just going to log in as a, as an administrator, I can then emulate any of these users using the tools at the bottom right here. I can just log in as any of the users in that base. And here we've got the data from another table in AirConnex. So how this works is, again, it's mirroring what would be the database structure in a SQL database, so a, a proper website database. And we've just recreated that with Airtable. So all of these websites are linked to the client and the client is the account that I've just logged in as. So I'm logged in as Mike AirConnex. And now when I'm viewing the list of websites on this page, I can see all of the ones that are linked to my account, but I can't see any of the ones that are not linked to my account. And I can add a new one here. So I might just try and do that quickly. And I'll skip the, the branding options. Now when I click add, and then we switch over, you can see that um, it's that written. That was quick, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, was, it's, there was like a one second delay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> usually when I do these, I, I try and record, like I'm recording the actual screen and I have it side by side. So a lot of the time I get into trouble when doing demos with just one Chrome browser because I click the button and then by the time I'm trying to show you the data being added, it's already there and you can't really see anything happening. What a um, wonderful problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Airtable API is, is pretty amazing that they leave it kind of unmeted and it has a really good rate limit. So it's able to be used for this purpose. Uh, so when I added that project, I didn't add a logo or any branding colors. So at the top right, you can see it there. It's just a square without the necessary, um, you know, graphics, but sure. we, we can make these required fields as well to make it all working properly, but it's just a demo. So um, then if I click on one of these, I'm going to enter a page that is, um, that is linked to the record that I've clicked on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, as we navigate the website, we're also navigating Airtable. So I, it, at yeah. each stage, I'm kind of traversing my way through so at the beginning, I had to choose which clients I am. Mm -hmm. And then and then we were viewing which websites are owned by my clients. And now we've clicked through to a specific website. Um, it's kind of like clicking on this uh, view in Airtable to view a single record. So now I'm view I've got all of the data for ClickFire Studio website on the page that I'm viewing. So the, the logo is up there and yep. the branding. And these are articles that are underneath that website. So again, the website is linked to the articles table and the articles are 
reciprocally linked to the website table here. So all of these articles, some of them are for Clickfire Studio, some of them for another website. And so I can add an article as well using pretty much the same method. So test article, have to give it a topic and I can choose the length. Now, if I add the article, we should see it appear. Oh, no, we got an error. Okay. <laughs> the topic field I removed. Um, I might try and quickly fix that on the fly, but in general, the um, article should then appear in the loop. So I'll just go to my builder here and rebuild this form. So this is how the, um, the form builder works. I've got this in, or in the editor at least. I've got this in, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're getting some bugs here as well. So name was, a, these fields are coming from a different, um, a different table. I'll have to review this and get back to you. But uh, this is a work in progress. You know, this project I've, I'm halfway through building. So I, I'm gonna finish that off. I'll also upload it to YouTube when it's done and I'll record like the build process, but we can skip over to something that is a bit more exciting maybe. And that is like uh, this e-commerce set of features that I'm working on right now. Okay. So, similar story, um, trying to use Airtable again for like e-commerce inventory and, and that type of thing. So we've built in this list of products and that's synchronized in to a shop page. And if I click on the product, I can see it. And now I've got this, it's a add to cart form. I can choose the quantity. And then when I submit that, it's gonna add a line item. So uh, you can see there's quite a bit of linking going on here. It's, it's a little bit more complex than your average uh, setup. But ultimately when we deploy this, we'll give Airtable templates as well to set up these tables the way they need to be done. But I'll just repeat that and then try and quickly skip over so that we can see it appearing. Yep. Okay, so we saw a new one added there. And now we have in this cart dropdown a bit of a summary of the things that we've added. We can go and view the cart. And this is also giving us a summary. Um, so what this is showing us is actually the orders table with uh, a roll up on the items that are linked to the order. So mm -hmm. it's all, it's a little bit complicated. It's more, it's easier to understand just on the front end because of course we're all familiar with how e-commerce websites work on the front, but right. the database can be a little bit, a little bit more challenging to wrap your head around. It is. Um, I, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with the concept of a junction table, but the reason that you've set it up the way that it is, is because if you have more than one product being sold in a particular order, you might buy five balls, but 10 bats. And you need to be able to tell the system the exact quantity of each. And that's why each of those line items is its own record. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, you know, this is where the, the relational aspect of Airtable is the key to everything is that you can have these many to one relationships. So many line items in one order and a quantity for each line item. So um, 
can see here as well that I can change the quantity and each time I change it, it's going to go back and repeat the process. So it's updated the quantity of the last line item to two. And then uh, because I've done this calculation in Airtable, it's pulled back in the total again from Airtable. So I guess the point of this is that it's super easy, of course, to build cart systems in Shopify or anything else. But when you want to start customizing things, if you have some kind of calculation that you need to do, um, with this arrangement, you can actually customize it yourself. So you can come in here to items and say that I want the total price to be, you know, the quantity times the product pl price plus 20, for instance. So I've just added that there. And then that gets rolled up into the order total. And so each time I change this, the order total gets updated in Airtable and then on the front end as well. And then I can proceed to a checkout. And this is where I'm just filling in the checkout form. So I'll just add anything here. Um, of course, you would need the address. You would need more details, but this is just a demo. And then once I click place order, it's going to then update the order with my name. So before, you know, these are kind of unfinished or abandoned checkouts, basically, the ones that don't have a name or any details. So you can review the system. You can build views in here that can filter out your abandoned cart ratios and import and export and tie it in yeah. with Zapier I was and everything. I was about to point that out, that I actually love that it captures orders that have not yet been set exactly for the purpose that you just listed. Now you know a bunch of people are kind of interested in product 104, but haven't committed to buying it. Maybe the price is a little too high and you could take that information and adjust your parameters and all that kind of stuff. That's brilliant and I love it. Exactly, exactly. What I haven't done here that is definitely doable as well is like inventory. You could have another table that had the number of uh, items that you've had from your supplier. And then you do a calculation on that versus the number sold. And when it reaches zero, you can have a condition on the add to cart block that makes it disappear. Um, yeah. So that all works. And the final thing that we're just working on right now is this Stripe integration. So this, I hope, will just take me to a Stripe checkout. So this is pretty easy to set up. If you have a Stripe account, you can set this up um, and then you just put your like test API keys into, into the Econex system. And um, it's gonna be fully functional when we are done. Uh, right now, it's, um, it's just not quite finished. It, it does get instant notifications though. So it's kind of, um, it's a little bit pointless to be able to collect payments if you can't then immediately confirm with your customers. Maybe not pointless, but can be a bit irritating for your customers when they feel like, oh, I've just handed over my money and now they're telling me to go away and wait to find out if I'm going to get my product or not. So we get, we've set it up so that the instant notification comes back. And then from here, uh, the final thing that I haven't connected up yet is the payment can be added to Airtable as well. 
and then you can use a new set of calculations to determine that there's no more money outstanding for this particular order and you can have this order system connected to your supplier if you're a drop shipper you can have an automated email when an order enters a view so you would have the view filtered to paid and then when you when a new order is paid for you can have it automatically go off to your supplier and and so on so we're trying you know <laughs> big big aspirations it's all complicated but it's it's amalgamizing as we speak you know every day we're fixing bugs and improving things and you know, i hope that when it's finished it'll have some pretty wide appeal but anyone can um can jump on and start messing around with it and i welcome them to try and break it as much as possible i, I really need some feedback um i know for a fact it has an incredible wide appeal as it is right now um even as it um stands unfinished this is really, really great. Um, you know, it, Airtable is a visually appealing app where it's, you know, kind of easy to jump in and kind of figure out where things might go, different field types and things like that. As you, the more you use it, the more it makes sense. But one of its major drawbacks is that it's not quite a front end system. Um, if you want people who aren't in your company to edit things and technically buying a series of items is editing um, your base because you're adding records and you're, you know, um, affecting rollups and all of that. Airtable isn't quite set up to do that on its own. And so seeing something like AirConnects, which lets people log in to a site and say, show me all of my orders. I mean, I shouldn't know anything about Jane Smith's orders at all. And your system um, is a great way of having people only get access to the data that they should have access to, interact with it in a standardized way. Um, you know, the quantity field, for instance, just adding a plus or a minus, et cetera. And then executing items in your base um, all without having to look at Airtable itself. Yeah, that's that's the goal ultimately. I mean, that's what people are doing with every website. You know, what they're not seeing is that as they proceed to interact with the website, they're interacting with the database. You know, the website itself, like the the files and the code really are just kind of a translation layer. The database is the, the key to everything and Airtable is ultimately a database application. Um, albeit like a, a leaps and bounds ahead of everything else in terms of like usability. But um, yeah, I'm trying to kind of leverage Airtable's ease of use with something to go on top of it. But it's all it's all about Airtable. You know, none of this would be possible without without them. So if they're watching, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll tweet at them when this episode releases. Um, yeah. Um, of course, we all love Airtable. Uh, that's why this podcast exists, because we like seeing people build something really, really cool with Airtable. And you've built a tool that people can build their own tools with using Airtable. So it's like a like a nesting doll of... of Inception. <laughs> yes. Very great. Do you have an estimated timeline of when maybe this would be more complete? If you don't, don't feel pressured. Like I have a couple of users who are launching projects now, although 
they're launching their own project as beta. So I'm kind of doing, I'm getting feedback through them. So that's really great. Um, I'm working as fast as I can. It's really hard to put estimates on these things. And I was taught when I was young that whatever your, your estimate is, you should triple it. Um, I've already gone, I think, over like five times more than what I thought to get to this point. But I will conservatively say that we'll be launching properly by 2021. So mm-hmm. January 1st, get at me. But anyone can use it in like right now. It's in like open beta effectively. Mm-hmm. And the more testers, the well, te- users, you know, people can use it. I'm here like all day long wishing that somebody would contact me and tell me what's wrong with it or what's right with it. Um, you know, like feedback is, is the key really to getting it done. It's too complicated for me to find all the bugs by myself. So yeah. I guess I'm putting the call out to the community. You know, if you can help me out, then I'll make it worth your while. You know, <laughs> I'll give you a lifetime discount. I'll be your best friend. Um, just to come in and like test it out and, and tell me what's wrong with it. And then I'll fix it and we can move forward from there. But uh, yeah, 2021, I'm hoping. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. Um, you right now have the ability to try AirConnects. And if you break it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so we will, you know, make sure everyone has the link to get to it. It's AirConnects, A-I-R-C-O-N-N-E-X, right? Yeah. Unfortunately named. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense to me. Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast and showing this with us. And I am certain that most of our viewers will um, at least have an idea of something that they might be able to use this for, especially if they have an e-commerce business like the one we're kind of looking at right now, um, or even if it's just a way to display their projects very nicely. Um, Excellent work. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.